Hey, Nick. Hey, Jeff. What's going on? I'm getting ready to light up a bishop. I just had myself a gator. Are you guys tired of hearing us say this? We're sick and tired of playing this. We are. And why don't we record it? We just keep doing it live every I time. I don't know. You guys just need to go over to martinascigars.com and pick up some bishops and gators. Yeah. Make us happy. Yeah. We'll stop playing this if you guys yeah. just buy our cigars. Tell you what, we'll make you a deal. What's that? If they go and buy the bishop and gator, we're going to do this podcast for free for them. There we go. Go buy bishops and gators. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. Assuming he can part do, part do, part do, part do. So, guys, through the magic of podcasting, Jeff and I have transported ourselves from uh, Friday all the way to Tuesday, where I am still smoking my Long Ash, and he is still smoking his Martinez 45 Series Robusto that we were smoking in Friday's show, and we are going to bring you part do. Of the uh, special interview with Dave Garofalo of the Cigar Authority and Two Guys Cigar Smoke Shop, and uh, it's so cool. And Dan, really the, and Dan the Man Ponder over at Riverman Cigar Company. Dan the Man. So we uh, we have the second half of this interview uh, all lined up and ready to roll. And you know, even though we are currently smoking, the cut was brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. That it is. Our man Dan, you're getting a good insight into the mindset of our man Dan over there at Riverman in this interview. He uh, he takes his business very, very seriously. Absolutely. He looks for problems, looks for ways to solve them, and uh, he, gets, he gets a little creative with some of that sometimes. And I don't think it's an overstatement to say Dan's a cigar nerd. I mean, oh, he's yeah. all in for cigars. Yep. Yep. And if you have any questions about cigars... This guy can answer them for you. Mm-hmm. And he's got a fantastic selection, everything from $4 to $100. And when the weather's nice, he's got that 1,500-square-foot covered patio out front that you can sit out there and chill and enjoy the day. And even when the weather's not that nice, I mean, as long as it's just rain, you can sit out there. I mean, if it's cold, it's it's cold. You cold, know, cold is cold. Nothing you can do yeah. about cold. But um, But we talk about solutions for cold i don't remember if that was part one or part two but but somewhere in there we do we do address uh you know dan's very enamored with my ice tent and so we have well and it was it's ingenious and i'll give you that and i don't give you credit for much ever but that was ingenious well i have to give credit where credit's due and say no idea is original that Nick Gervais of My Monthly Cigars is actually who originally proposed the idea of using an ice fishing tent. Yep. I'm just the one who actually executed it. Fair enough. You know? I mean, ideas are one thing. Execution is everything. Yes. So, anyway. Okay, then. Well, yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) But it is really cool. It is neat. Now, I want to point out to everybody, if you're tuning into this episode and you didn't listen to last Friday's, You probably ought to. Go back to listen to last Friday. Oh, yeah. By the way, the cut, it brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company. Riverman Cigar Company, um, Westwood, Missouri. But yes, Jeff is right. If you haven't listened to Friday's episode and you're listening to this one first, go back to Friday. Yeah. Listen to the first part of our conversation with Dave Garofalo because you're not going to want to miss it. It, I, I've been reflecting upon this interview since we did it, Jeff. Yeah. And I would hazard to say... That if somebody were to ask me right now, you know, name your top five interviews. Yeah. There's absolutely no way this one doesn't fall on that list, if not near the top. 
Oh, absolutely. I think it's a fight between this one and the Michael Herklotz. The Michael Herklotz was good, but this one but this is... this one, I think, is really, really good. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say one's better than the other. No. You need to listen to all yeah, of them. But exactly. this is a good interview. So, guys, why don't we go ahead and jump into it? So, this is part two of our interview, or part two, as part Jeff... Deux. Part two. As, uh, you're going to lose that ash. Oh, I am. It's just... Oh, oh, there it goes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is part two of our interview with Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop and the Cigar Authority. You know, uh, uh, something that Nick has done here, I've been smoking in a tent in the backyard for probably six, seven years. I, 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 uh, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor. I had heard that he was smoking in his, <laughs> in his tent at the governor's mansion because he couldn't have smoking inside so i i have some real fond memories of my dad and i sitting out in a 10 by 10 tent i have my heater out there and we're having just a grand old time and now i'm in a hunting blind but nick's taking it to the next level nick you want to talk to dave oh, about what you're doing with your ice tent i have a ice fishing tent and so it's insulated. i heard i, I heard yeah. i heard from pinky last week right <laughs> there you go <laughs> look at you yeah this I'm telling you what. End of the show. This tent is amazing. It's got the insulated walls and everything, so it's five by five. I've got my table in there. I can fit a couple people in my heater. And you know, the other night, I've been out there in sub twenty degree weather, but it's nice and roasty toasty in there with the with that that uh, heater. And I think what Dan's um, getting at is we're looking. You know, we've been kind of harping that since. Since we didn't really anticipate COVID going away, um, when it kind of throttled back a little bit near the near the beginning of summer, we figured, you know, there there could be a second wave. You know, people need to be prepared for winter time and everything like that. What are some uh, things that folks up in New England do for uh, so f- wintertime smoke? So first off, how does the smoke leave the tent? There are windows in the tent. And so I have the windows open, even with the windows open and the door half unzipped, the heater keeps it nice and warm in there. It still retains the warmth. Really? And then I have a fan that clips to one of the windows and I aim the fan out and it drags that smoke out of the tent. And doesn't make it cold and really cold in that room. No, no, no. Boy, listen, you got something there. If you can act at, you know, the, the cigar tent. Exactly. And, you know, m- m- mount a fan right into the into the thing from the tent maker that makes the tent with it, and you got something. Uh, one of my anniversary parties, I gave away a man cave, which was a shed that was made by a company uh, with a bar in it, reclining chairs, big screen wow. TVs, and, the, and this thing would be put onto your property, and now you have a place heated, air-conditioned, the whole bit, and um, you got to run your own electric lines and stuff into it uh, and, and go outside and pee around the corner maybe but because there was no toilet in it. But there's a place for, for the guy to go to smoke year-round because in New England, it gets really, really cold, and our business cuts less than half in the wintertime right? Wow. because we're, we're, they're going to either smoke in the lounge, which is fine, but we have lots and lots of customers. We can never fit them in, inside the store, hopefully, That uh, this, but consumption drops, and I've been looking at these numbers for years and years. Um, it, it's almost like a bell curve that we have um, for our business that – you know, it starts slow because of the winter, and then uh, April comes in and starts picking up, and then June, July, August is the best, 
And then September, it starts dropping a little bit and it starts getting cold in October and it starts dropping. Maybe a little spike in December for holiday sales and things. But pretty much it's a it's a bell. It's a it's a hoop uh, that goes down. Um, so that was one idea. Um, when I do events like this, people see that I come up with this contraption and this idea. And this guy sold a whole bunch of sheds after. And everybody said that they, they didn't win the prize, but they end up buying the shed. And I alluded to earlier to you of this um, RV that we're giving away. And again, I did not tell the Cigar Authority or anybody on uh, that this is the prize for this year. So uh, here it is. I like a nice, the cigar authority I like a nice exclusive. Anybody's. This is good. <laughs> but this is a um, uh, it's a uh, full RV with a kitchen, living room, um, with a Murphy bed, um, bathroom, shower, the whole bit. Wow! Um, and you and the idea of this is: is it a man cave or a family travel trailer? To be determined. That's a, that's up to you, the person that wins it. But you can put it in your driveway. You could plug it in. And you can go there and watch the game with all the guys, and uh, you have your own bathroom, and yeah. you've got it's got vents in it um, because of the uh, ventilation that needs to be inside of a trailer and stuff. So there's some fans that blow out the whole bit. So looking at things like that, again, we're talking about a thirty-five thousand dollar vehicle. Uh, I like your tent idea. I could have saved a fortune right there, yeah, and gave away the tent. But I think you could make the tent and sell the tent, yeah. Market that tent because that is a good idea. I'll give you one year to do it. If you don't get on, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> well, well, Dave, you know, you know, we um, we we talked about this in May. There was a show that uh, Nick and Gator did about looking at COVID and was it going to go into the winter and shops were going to be closed and how we were going to do it. So uh, Michael Herxlock was said the same thing. So like Dan, boy, you need to get into the tent business. And I thought, you know what? I think what I'd like to do is just set uh, one of these tents up. They're like $189 for the 2i, which is two people. They got a 3i, a 6i, a 5i. I think it's Eskimo, right? Yeah. And you can put five people in it, six people in it, and that's the the, the significance of the name. But uh, they're insulated. And I was like, you know what? I think I just want to put one up in the store as a display and then get the people to buy it online themselves and uh, because what I wanted to do is find a place for people to smoke during the winter to keep the cigar sales up was what I was looking Absolutely. for rather than just get into the tent business. It does need to be retrofitted a little bit for smoking. But you know what? Once you get into thing and I've been talking to people about it for five or six or seven years and no one really thought about it. But COVID started getting people like, hey, I can't go to my shop anymore. And and, and to know what is to love it. And Nick's gotten, what, eight or nine people to buy it now. Yeah, and mean, there's a lot of traffic on social media about, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it really is something. I mean, you could get in it for two hundred dollars or less. If you want to do the heat shed, you know, that's thousands of dollars. If you want to get a bigger tent where you can have all your buddies there, we all work on Wi-Fi with our computer and you just sit out there. I've been doing it. My mom goes to sleep at night and then I go outside and in my tent. And I don't know if it brings me back to my childhood or what day, but I mean, you just feel like you're, you're, you know, who knows what animals are, are crawling around out, but you don't really care. And you just sit there and you just get lost in your own world. And I, that's where I really watch your show is inside the tent. On YouTube. No and, kidding. Yeah, and I'll sit there. I like watching you guys on television. I, I watch the YouTube part of it, and I'll just sit there and watch your episodes, and I can watch it in, uninterrupted. My mom comes to the back door a handful of times, and I go inside and see how she's doing. But um, it's just a respite. It's peaceful. It's tranquil. 
And I think it's something people need to give some consideration to because it allows you to smoke during the winter. For us, it helps us with our sales because now we got people that would typically go away from smoking cigars because they don't have a place. Uh, you know, people got the outside pit. They've got uh, heated jackets, all this other stuff. But I think the tent tent life is a wonderful thing. How, what electric heater inside? Uh, it is an electric heater. I bought myself um, a really industrial um, extension cord that goes from the house to the tent. And then when it gets to the tent, there's a at the end where you would plug things into it. It has three outlets. So I have the work light, the little you know light with the hook that I hang from the top with the light bulb. I have my electric heater, and then I have an extra outlet that um, I can plug in my laptop or my iPad or whatever, and and get my work done. Yeah, I don't know if you want to bring gonna... the Eskimo guy on your show or something like that, Dave, and 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 let everybody know. But I, I think the world needs to know about tent life because, especially in our cold weather regions, it's 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 really is a neat thing. And like I said, you can get into it for about two hundred bucks. The, most of those heaters, little space heaters, will tell you not to uh, uh, to plug to plug directly into the wall. So what Nick's done and I've done for years is to just get an industrial, like you said, strength uh, extension cord. And you know you're just running it like ten feet off. I got mine on a on a patio concrete. Nick's got his on his deck. He puts a a, 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 yeah, a tarp since, underneath your deck. On. Since it's an ice fishing tent, there's no floor to it. So I laid down a um, uh, painter's drop cloth to prevent the wind from coming up underneath my deck and through the slats. And so we just put the drop cloth down. I put the tent on it. I put cinder blocks on the corners to weigh it down. And the cord itself probably is less than six feet. From the house to the to the tent, and I'm telling you, Dave, it works perfectly. Now, Dave, I on the other hand don't have a tent, so I just take a bunch of packs of hot hands and shove them in my pants before I go out to smoke. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of ways to get to heaven, right, Dave? There's a will, there's a way. Right. See, now this this is really good because here's the pain. Here's the solution. Yeah. And with it is going to come sales and, and happy customs, more smiles in their face. Um, I like it. I Just like stick it. one of those up so, in your showroom because what happens is everybody kind of like, like I said, I was talking about it for years and nobody, Nick's taking it to the next level because he's uh, he's been talking about it on his Instagram page and there's been a lot of, like people are like back and forth. We saw a flash sale for 189 and people are like, I'm it's six hours and Nick broadcasts out to the world and people are like, I got to get this thing. And um, uh, it, it's it's something else. It's really is, and I, I would think like I still think like I need to just set one up in my lounge that's kind of semi closed and let people put a chair in there. And I think to see it in action, people are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm going to go buy this thing. And you know what? To, to get in there and sell them and retrofit them and all that, that's probably not me, Dave. You do a much better job at, at selling all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, if you want to go for it, go for it. But, uh, and, uh, but I, I just, I just, again, just being a consultant with a problem, here's the solution. And, uh, I, I would think like, as soon as I hear about it, like you did, okay, I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to talk to people. Other people seem to need to see it and touch it. You know, you've, you've trained us over the years that the senses, you got to see it, you got to touch it, you got to smell it. And I, I just envision it in, in showrooms up North in cigar lounges that are 25% occupied right now. And everybody goes, what in the heck is that? Shucks, I'm going to get it, and we promote it, and then we get the cigar sales over the winter. So there's a restaurant up here that, that um, 
you know, you, you weren't allowed to eat inside the restaurants for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they ended up opening the restaurants to smaller capacity, but you can go inside the restaurants. They had obviously geared up for not being able to do it. And they put these, they call them igloos and their domes, yeah. clear domes, igloos, and they're all around the property of the place. And they put beautiful place settings in there and tables for four. And if you are a family, uh, four or less, you can rent the igloo and have dinner in the igloo. Well, there's maybe 10 of them. And there's a whole restaurant, big restaurant, where there's plenty of warm seats and it's fine. You can't get in the igloo. You can't wow. get a spot yeah. because because you have to book it in advance and they book too fast. So I planned on going, my, me and my wife, and we were going to go and we just can't get a spot in it because it's that popular. Would they so let you smoke you inside really, that bubble? No, I don't yeah. think so. I <laughs> thought about doing that out, outside. You know, uh, we've got a 1,500-square-foot covered patio outside, and I thought about putting those bubbles up. But, again, you've got different families sitting in there. You'd have to sit in one by yourself. But – there's a lot of a lot of solutions. You know, like when you watch a, your kids play soccer or football or baseball or whatever, they have these weather areas to protect you from the rain and stuff, and you can put it over your chair. So there's some there's some uh, available products out there right now that I think can be adapted pretty closely to the cigar smoker. And, uh, I mean, somebody that doesn't want any smoke at all, maybe they – but, it you know – the first thing you think about is the is is there too much smoke inside there? But those windows and things like that, and you leave the door open, you got the heater blaring, and uh, no, it's a nice environment. Wow. So, Nick, how about a little video tour of the tent someday? You know, it's funny. If you go to my Instagram right now, although you're still banned from Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, I'm banned from everything right now. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. Oh. Well, you could send them the video direct. I would say I'll, I could send you the video direct. I actually put up a video, a, about two-and-a-half-minute video. Uh, that I took the other night, and it's a perfect short, short little video tour, just kind of showing the setup and <laughs> outside look, and inside. Right, yeah, Nick? it's nothing fancy, but you know, it it does the trick. And like I said, if I took the table out of it, I could easily fit three people in there. I might be a little concerned about smoke uh, at that point, but I've had two people in there with the table, and when Pinky and I were in there, we had no problem whatsoever with uh, ventilation. And that was my big concern was ventilation. Dave, Nick won't invite me over to try it. I have two. <laughs> I, ha I have two. He's just concerned that we're two big fat guys and that we're not going to fit properly, which I think it's might, I, might be the case. I'm worried that it's a little closeness for us that I really don't want to share with you. It's not that. And close. you bought a two, you bought the two person. Yeah, I bought the two person. It's a it's a 25 square foot uh, interior. But you can get a four-person. Yeah, oh, or six. Get, you can get up to six. You know, they start I mean, getting closer to $1,000 if you wanted. Uh, yeah, if you want to go big, it gets expensive. But, you know, I but think for, what, 300 350 you could get a I, four or six? I'm, well, I don't know about that, but I know I'm all in between the tent, the extension cord, the heater, the drop cloth, and the, and the stones uh, to hold it down. I'm probably all in for about three and a quarter. On that, on that, and this setup. is for the person that does it that that's been smoking in their garage and they can't really keep it heated yeah. and they got to keep opening the door, Dave, and to let the smoke out. And and then it's also for the person that you know doesn't have the ten or fifteen grand to put the heat shed up. And uh, so it's 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 just kind of a it's a stopgap, but you know you probably can get four or five years out of your tent. It takes about ten minutes to open it up. It just opens up like a, a yeah. 
Uh, it's got crossbars, and it just opens up uh, where you don't have to drive stakes or anything like that. It, it, it's pretty amazing. What's it called? Um, the brand the is fishing. The brand is Eskimo, and I bought the two I. The I is for insulated. Um, I you could probably find it just based off googling or searching for that, but but yeah, it's like Eskimo ice fishing or ice tents. I mean, several years back, I have a hunting fl- uh, a hunting blind that's five by five that's retrofitted, and I was in minus two in there, and uh, wow, uh, yeah, I had a couple heaters going, and um, it was uh, it, again that's how I smoke from about November till uh, February. Um, you know, at the end of the night, my mom goes to bed, and then I go out in my tent, you know, and watch uh, watch your show, <laughs> and 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 get my CEU credits, <laughs> my continuing education credits. Well, I, I know this is an audio podcast; it's on here, but here I am in my house. Oh no, I'm yeah. jealous. Smoke, I'm jealous. Smoking a yeah. cigar. Very very nice. <laughs> and that's you're a lucky guy there, and and. Uh, uh, you know, my mom says, I'll just go down and smoke. I don't, you know, I don't care. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it, mom. And, and, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's something out there and we wanted to make you aware of it. You know, it's awesome. It's awesome. And and that's smart to do. And if you can get your customers, uh, to make that move, it's, it's automatically more sales and, and happier customers for sure. But, but Dave, I just want to remind you if, if that doesn't work out and you're not able to get one, a crotch full of hot hands does the trick. <laughs> All right. I, end up doing, I, I, I saw for the first time uh, today, the guy with the jacket, um, it, w- it wasn't a jacket. It was a vest and um, it was lit on the top of his vest. And I go, I pointed at it as the thing was lighting and he says, Oh, it's a heated vest. And I go, what's up with that? Yep. And he goes out hunting and stuff all the time, this guy. And he says, oh, it's the best. And it was a freezing cold day today. And he doesn't have a jacket. He has the vest on. And he says, oh, it's beautiful. I'm warmer than you are. This is great. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah, I I don't know what they they cost, but whatever works, whatever works. Right. Yeah. But the sun will come out tomorrow. It's going to it's going to start warming up. Yeah. uh, we're past the uh, the halfway point. We're going to start on another ninety days or so. I think we'll be uh, past the worst part of it. That's for sure. And Dave, I know when you guys, Mr. Jonathan, mentioned the uh, cold retro hail and did a shout out for Gator, it just <laughs> it just made his day on the thing. I I remember it was about two in the morning. I was watching your show and I I text Nick and I think I text Gator as well and said you will never believe it. But Dave and the guys <laughs> are talking about your cold retro hail and on their show they always go back. Nick thinks it's a bunch of malarkey and. And uh, Gators promoting, and Mr. Jonathan said, "Oh my God, there's really something to it." And it just made his day to, to make it big time, you know, on your show. And I want to point out that I was mentioned on your show before Nick, and that's 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 the world to me. Oh, he was so bitter. You have no idea. Um, so, so you know, I listened to Jonathan for years talking about some of these ridiculous flavor notes, and. We get we got this guy in Nick Cutro. He wrote this book, Cigar Bliss. Yes, and I I never knew Nick at all. He, he's the guy that makes the the plastic molds for the right. cigar press things, uh, and heard of his name before and things like that. But I I never knew who he was. And he contacted me and said, "Would you be kind enough to read my book in advance and, and see what's wrong? I'll send you one chapter at a time, and you tell me what would you see if there's anything that looks wrong." And I said, "I'd be honored to do it." And um, it's all about tasting cigars and um it's the most unbelievable game changer 
in the cigar industry, I think, especially to the people that say it all tastes like smoke. Right. Yeah. I don't taste these things because that's only because you don't know how to do it. And I'll be damned as this was going on of graham crackers and all these different things that ended up happening. And uh, I, I got good over the years. I am a super taster that I can taste things other people can't taste. I've been at, at the uh, science museum. I was tested years ago and uh, it's not necessarily a good thing because there's lots of foods and drinks and things that I hate because my palate is, is so active. Um, yeah. But going through this process, I think every cigar lover or even wine connoisseur or uh, liquor connoisseur or into, into coffees, micro brews, those type of people, although this was made for cigars because this is the business the guy is in. I told him he made a mistake. He should have went uh, with, with anything as opposed to just cigars because look at the small niche you're in. But um, the book came out. Uh, he was kind enough to print something that I wrote on the back cover of the book of praising how, how well the book was. But uh, we bought probably 150 copies of the book and have to reorder the book because we're selling it in wow. the store wow. because seriously, the education of the consumer, and I know this from 1992 when Cigar Aficionado came out, it drove the cigar industry. The cigar industry boom had started before. It didn't start the cigar boom, but it certainly propelled it into the stratosphere at that point because the consumer ended up seeing these flavor notes and things. And me as a cigar shop owner, the first time ever hearing of such a thing, I'd go back and try cigars I tried before because they said it was good. And they're the reason why I exist. They're the reason why you exist. You know, yeah. There is there's a lot to be said about what what that magazine did. I think now we're on to the next step, which is this um, this book, Cigar Bliss, Nick Putro. Um, it is now going to take our taste, including Retro Hail, uh, which was a big part of it, also because I don't like to do it. And he understands why I don't like to do it because of the, um, the, you know, the super taster aspect of what it is. The more and more it gets to me, I can't. I'm I'm, I'm more like Gator with I like milder cigars than fuller bodied cigars. It doesn't make me, uh, a, you know, a less of a man, and it doesn't make me. I don't love cigars. It's just overwhelming of of a very full bodied cigar. Uh, in his kit that he makes, he has these little sticks you put in your mouth. You see if you can taste a flavor on the stick and determine where you sit. There isn't a good or bad, whether a super taster or A, B, C, or D, you're going to fall into one of these categories. You'll at least know where you are at that point. And that ends up helping you decide on what cigars you're going to like also. Um, that, you know, a, a very strong peppery cigar or something is a no-no for me. Um, I smoke them all, believe me, as, as a retailer, we have to smoke everything for a guy looking for a, I'm looking for a strong peppery cigar. I have to know what a strong peppery cigar doesn't mean I have to like it. I just know if he likes this brand, he's going to like that brand and he's going to like that brand. But I think it's going to be a big deal. If, if he can get the marketing out on that, um, it's going to be something that's going to help our whole industry out. I think. Yeah. I, re I really want to try the, uh, the, the kit. 
I really want to get yeah. my hands on one of those. And kits. I, I think Nick, I've already thought about it. I think I'm going to get a kit, just set it at the shop, uh, Dave, and let people experiment on their own here. Just have it available for people to come in the lounge and, and and you know experiment with it with the different smells and stuff. And then when the reps come in, we could pull the kit out or or a cigar. Some of the cigar celebrities that come here. Um, we've had Al McAuliffe and Ernesto Carrillo and Jason and Eric Newman and people like that have been here before and, uh, and, and just have it as part of the event and let, and, and let them have the various different notes in there and let people smell it and then taste it and things like that. So, uh, thinking about getting the book and, and the kit as well, because I think every shop should have it. Cause like you said, and I watched the show, it was tremendous how it's going to be the, the next big thing, you know? Yeah. Now, Eric Newman, it's funny. He heard me on the show after I did that show and he called me up after and said, uh, you know, I've been in this business my whole life. And he said, I never tasted those things until now. Imagine all these years. Yeah. He's in his seventies now and it taught him after all these years. Yeah. And he says, oh my God, I enjoy cigars better today than I did my whole life. Because now I get it. And it's, it's a little training process to it. Because cigar education, as you've trained us all, Dave, is just so important. And it's a very important. We have Cindy here that's been with the sh- shops for 15 years. And she, she uh, really loves the young smokers that come in. She gets so excited talking to them, helping them. Of course, nice. they come in and they want a, a LaFleur or something like that. And she tries to talk them down off the cliff and say, oh, no, no, you don't want that. That might be your last cigar. You can eventually build up to it and, and eases them in. And then they'll come back in and say, oh, Good. that's great. I'll try something different. So, yeah, we get real excited with the cigar education part of our uh, of the journey and part of our job. We take it serious. I think it's part of our of our role in the cigar industry is to teach the young ones and even the not-so-young ones about uh, – so, and what what little we know and what we know, and of course we know more than most of the customers that come in about, uh, about cigars. Some are very uh, sophisticated, of course, but we enjoy that as well. You're a good retailer, Dan. You're a good retailer. You're a good man. Well, I'm about 250 shows into your uh, into your. I've even watched some of the real early ones <laughs> when you guys were sitting there with the table. And and Dave, I, I, I just oh, uh, the one thing I the one thing I really like about the industry is the people that are in it. I mean, it's just amazing. I come from the uh, really, I was a, a waste management consultant, trash landfill. So I, 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 I wasn't as scared of the regulated business like we have in the cigar industry. And um, so I, I, I was like, oh, okay, uh, because it, it also, um, the barriers to entry are so high to get in the business uh, with all your permits. I think we have 13 different licenses and permits and pieces of paper in order to operate here. And so you've got, you've got, um, you've got actually... Uh, a hard, uh, uh, it's, it's just a good thing to have that barrier entry. There's some good parts of it. There's some bad parts too. You know, I guess if it was easy, then there would be so many shops, you know, and out That's there. Right. And, uh, uh, so anyway, it's, um, uh, uh, I really love the people that are in the industry. They're really nice folks. Some of it's got to do probably with the families. Uh, but it's, it's been a real joy to be part of the industry. And that was a pleasant surprise. I really didn't know how, um, I really didn't know uh, what it was going to be like when I got in the industry, and uh, I've been really pleased with it. So I want to ask a question here. So one of the um, one of the things that we just talked about uh, was Dan's um, employee, Cindy. What are you looking for in an employee for your shops? Like when somebody comes in and says, "I want to work for two guys," you know what what are you looking for? Well, what the first thing I'm not looking for 
is somebody that says, I love cigars, so I want to work in a cigar store. <laughs> that, that's actually a, a, a pushback from me right away because they believe what Dan was saying, that um, all we do is sit around and smoke cigars all the time. And w- when it comes to two guys, uh, education is a big part of it, that um, when somebody gets hired with me, two positions open up, uh, a cashier or a salesman. And I explained to them that the cashier pays half of what the salesman's job is. The hours are the same. The store is the same. Everything's the same. Which job did you come for? 100% of the time, they say, oh, a salesman. Okay, good, because I don't hire cashiers. I want a, I want a salesperson. And sales is about customer service. We try to give everybody the best experience they can. And part of that is sales. We make sure that they have everything they need to have a great experience. So a guy comes in to buy four cigars for the golf tournament that he's going to because he was told to get them. And he comes in and he says, I was told Monte Cristo number two because it's a famous brand or whatever. And this is what he wants. Okay. And maybe a cashier would sell him those four Monte Cristo number twos and he's off on his way. Yeah. Not a bad cigar, not too strong. It's an okay choice. But the guy's off and running. Now, he gets to the golf tournament, and it's a torpedo. The number two is a torpedo. And nobody has a cigar cutter. And they try biting it off, and they try ripping it off, and they've destroyed the cigar. Then they try to light the cigar, and there's a little bit of a wind, and somebody who has a match. And they're all huddled around trying to light the cigar with a match, and they can't do it. And that's because the salesperson didn't say, do you have a lighter and a cutter because you need one? You need to have this to have a good experience with it. If the guy says, yes, of course, I have my own cutter with me. I'm all set. Beautiful. That's okay. But to ask these questions. So they have to be educated to know what somebody needs to end up doing that. Um, And then you need a lighter and you're going to need refill. It's like selling a a kid a toy for Christmas time and you never bought batteries for the toy. It needs a toy. You hear you need this too. And, you know, it's not upselling and you need to know that that's not what that's all about. It's give the person everything they need for a great experience. And then the golf game is over. You plan on going to the 18th hole and have a drink after because uh, I'm not much of a golfer, but the best cigar is the one after you're done walking around or riding around and doing it and then sitting and having another cigar. So maybe you want a little something for after that and whatever. And then the guy after this, when you've given him excellent customer service, does have a great round of golf and does have a great experience, comes back and he becomes a loyal, steady customer, hopefully. And they need to understand to be able to do this. And when they come into a cigar store, a lot of people come in and they feel like they don't know what they're talking about and people are looking at them and they don't know what to ask for. And you have to handle it, handle that customer properly also. Then you have the know-it-all customer that knows everything, and he has to be handled different. So we are you know, chameleons to a certain point that we have to actually switch to each customer as it comes in. There's a lot of work that comes with it. It's not the same as maybe a waitress at a restaurant of somebody ordering food. This is a whole different thing. The people that work for me are tobacconists. They're professional. They need to know about everything. So they're hired for a three-month test to see if they like us. And we like them. Uh, At the end of three months, we have that conversation because it's not what they think it is. 
Um, we do our inventory in our store every day. We inventory every single day. It's a rotating inventory that happens, but it's part of what, what we end up doing. And we label cigars and we refill cigars so everything's even and everything looks right for the first appearance when it comes in. And we put things on display and merchandise and the things that big box stores do. Why can't we do that as a little brick and mortar store? We can and we should. And, you know, they come in and I say, okay, you walk in the store. What's the first five things you see when you walk in the store? And it should be singles, boxes, lighters, cutters, humidors, ashtrays maybe. You know, it should be what we sell, not things that we don't sell, the coat rack, boxes in the corner, guys sitting around. We don't sell any of those things. And they need to to take part and ownership of every single thing that happens. When the ashtrays have ashes in them, you go clean them up. Nobody wants a dirty store. Nobody wants a dirty bathroom. Hey, that's not my job. That's not the the employee I want either. That is your job. Every The truck pulls up. We, we unload the truck. If I'm standing there too, I unload the truck. We all jump in. It is your job. We're only little brick and mortar stores. We sell, in, in my case, I only sell one thing, cigars. Um, even if it was a smoke shop and it was multiple things that happened, we all jump in. But my guys have to become professional at their craft of what it is. And they have to continue their education. It has to keep going on. I want them to know what's going on in the cigar world and not necessarily on my time. They need to, to be, you know, be honing their craft as it's going on and be better and better and better. Um, and that's the whole idea of it. That's what I look for. And I talk to them before they do it. And if they say, well, it only pays that. And you, you're expecting all this from me. Yes, I am. Uh, maybe this job isn't for you. I'd rather make that happen at the very beginning as opposed to having three months of education into it and, you know, all that work for none, you know. Uh, and what happens is they get good at it. The customer that comes in feels like they are the professional and treat them like that. And they feel good about that too. And, you know, it's just like being a, a great plumber and they're asking questions about plumbing. When they go into a cigar shop, the person they talk to should really know about that product and they should know more than the consumer that comes in about that product. A new product comes in. We need to know everything about it when it goes on the shelf so that then we can educate the customer at that point. Um, I hate it when a customer comes in and tells me something that I don't know about the cigar business, uh, and they should too, you know, I, and I say that to them. It, the day that comes that the customer knows more than you about um, the cigar is the day that I think I hired the wrong person. I maybe should have hired them. And that even goes for the reps. When reps come in the store – and the reps outperform my salesmen. The reps are out there to sell me, not the consumer. My guys should be better salespeople than a rep for a cigar company. And I let them know that. I said, you know, if I, if I see them outselling you, then maybe I hired the wrong person. You should actually be assisting them in, in, in helping them sell that cigar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do. And, and my team, we just had our, we only meet once a year altogether. Sunday night was our national sales meeting, national sales meeting. I got three stores in New Hampshire. It's not too (laughs) national, but, um, we all got together. Morale seemed great. I love the questions that, that my, 
employees asking me all, you know, and everybody gets in and one employee gets up and, and says, you know, we, we talk scenarios about somebody comes in and they have a complaint about an unwrapped cigar. It unraveled on me. What's the process? What do you end up doing at that point? And somebody jumps in and says, I would do this. I would do that. And then I hear everybody out and I said, well, here's what I would do. And then I tell them that we all learn as it goes on. Only because I have more years of experience, I may have the right answer or, you know, a further followed up answer to it. But believe me, sometimes one of my employees says something to me and I'm like, you know, I never thought of that. That's a home run answer right there. Uh, Our job is to, um, there's a problem and we turn it into a positive thing to fray the problem and solve the solution. Much like Dan was saying, uh, we're solution solvers. That's what we all need to be. Fantastic. So speaking of problems and solutions, I want to switch gears for just a moment and talk podcasts for a minute. So we obviously started our show in, um, I guess that was what, August of 20, was it 19? 19. 19. Yep. So August of 2019. And you guys have been going significantly longer than we have. What Do you have any sort of tips, ideas, tricks, whatever, for audience growth because one of the problems that we've run into is obviously we can't advertise our podcast on any of these social media channels because we're promoting the use of tobacco and so you know for us it's been a hundred percent word of mouth and just slow growth and i was just kind of wondering i mean you obviously have the stores to promote in, in within the show within and everything else but you know in terms of uh audience growth how do how do you uh how do you have any ideas? Yeah. So much like Dan said, um, and he's in it right now of, it takes three years to break even then it takes five years to end up, uh, showing a profit. And then 10 years, you're an overnight sensation. Knock on wood. I'm in my 11th year. So you know who we are. Right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was three years before any, anybody knew who I was before I got my first, uh, ad, uh, was three years into it. And um, Mr. Jonathan started with me. He quit within the first year. There was another guy that was with me, uh, Tom, and he quit within the first year. And I kept going. I went alone. I hired a producer at that point to end up handling it. It was just me and him. And then Jonathan ended up coming back. And then Barry came on and we went to a, a, a different producer, uh, now Ed Sullivan. Um, and I, I'm a guy that doesn't quit. Uh, and that come that counts as the cigar store uh, and everything that I do. I uh, United Cigar. It still went on went on despite its its no growth that it was having with me by myself. Um, um, we picked up. You know, I, I tried at the beginning to go on to the um, message boards at that time before there was Facebook groups and things like that, and tried to sneak in that I was doing this. It went very negatively. It was actually a bad thing that they looked at. I was trying to promote um, what I did and it, it kind of turned negative on me. So uh, be careful of spamming, which is what they called it. And I, yeah. and I didn't know that you spam in the group and I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to get the word out about uh, that. I do this thing. Maybe you're interested, you know? Um, and what I, what, listen, you guys have a dynamic. Uh, I listened to a bunch of your shows uh, before getting ready for the show. I heard a lo- heard a lot of it. I like it. Uh, as I, as I joked with you, it sounds familiar. Um, 
the 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 segmentation and everything uh, that goes on is really good because um, it, it's not getting long, long and boring except for this show because it's it's me and Dan doing a lot of talking. I think this is great you, myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with you two guys end up joking around, you need education, entertainment, right? You need to you need to have both of them in there. Um, just like the news does, you know, and, and break the segments in so somebody doesn't get uh, too bored with one thing. My show is two hours long, which is absurd, only because I didn't know better. I thought that's what I was supposed to do 11 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, I see things that are out there even longer than my show now. My show is too long. The, the average show for you is about an hour. And that's good because how much attention can somebody give to something? You know, I believe my, mine went too long. Also, I tried at the beginning to bring lots of guests on. I thought that was the answer on me, but guess, guess, guess. Where the fact of the matter is when we don't have a guest, our viewership and length of time watching the show is much longer than when I do have a guest on. Hmm. That's so weird. And it can be somebody really good, too. And I think I got a, you know, some uh, legend in the cigar industry or something like that. But my audience got to know, like, and trust us. And, um, you know, and you guys do it, the ball busting. And, uh, you know, but you can tell your friends and with each other and, and you can just go so far. And then when somebody else comes in, and bust our balls, the audience turns on them. Like, uh-huh. you can't do it. They can do it. it it's kind of similar to when you're t- the podcast coach. Right. Yeah. Everybody turned on that guy, right? Because the bell's if back. one of us said it to each yeah, yeah. If one of us said it to each other, that's fine. But this, this guy comes in from nowhere, and how dare he say this, right? Uh, and it's one big happy family. Um, I say keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing. It doesn't happen overnight. That's the unfortunate thing. You know, we don't just do one podcast. We have the Cigar Authority, but I own a podcast studio. Yes. So Studio 21 has 20 different podcasts that operate up there. And everybody gets to the point one year in, which is where you are, you guys are, and say, where's the money? Where's the audience? Where's this thing? I should have this by now. That same happens to restaurants. The same happens to cigar stores. Where's the money? Where ended up happening? You got to earn it. You got to go through this unfortunate three-year, five-year, and overnight sensation, 10-year thing, unless you strike gold. And whatever that gold is, I don't know how to get it because it took me three years to get noticed. And then it took all that time to end up going. Um, you know, we, we have a second podcast that, my uh, two of the people that work for me do uh, the ash holes along mm-hmm. with a customer. Um, that show is more than three years old now, I believe. And it is, it is not a fraction of what the cigar authority is, but it, it, it again needs that. And I've been tempted. I've never been on the show. I've been tempted to go on there and say, let me go on there and see if I can escalate it a little in doing it. And, and I, then I hold myself back and I say, no, no, I, I'm going to let this happen naturally and see if the show can improve. And I look at it and, and say to them every once in a while, you know, why don't you, you know, move along on this and stop with that or whatever. But much like I do with United Cigar, it's their show. They go. 
It's all of his show at United Cigar. Let him go. And if I can, uh, you know, be a, a voice of reason and, and add some constructive criticism along the way, uh, I would. I looked at your show, uh, frankly, to, um, you know, I've as I say, I listened to a whole bunch of it, but I was never going to be on the show. So I really paid attention to your last two episodes so that off the air I could give you constructive criticism. And here I am on the show and I actually don't have any constructive criticism. Uh, my joke is I found it very familiar. It, it <laughs> is very much like what we do. Um, so um, the reason why I do it the way I, I do it is I think that's the way it works. And I think it works uh, with you. They like you. They like you guys and bringing in Pinky and she's a reoccurring guest every once in a while. That's good too, that she shows up um, and every once in a while having a guest. But I don't feel like you have to have a guest every single time. Uh, when you don't have a guest, your shows are excellent. And, um, you know, um, Sometimes you don't go much into the education of the cigar. You're saying it and you don't know the question is asked and you don't have the answer of what it is. Um, Barry is my go-to guy with the information. He's supposed to have it. I give him the show notes well in advance of his the two cigars we're going to smoke. Um, and, or, and when we used to have a segment that was cigar news, he had to handle that. Those were the things that he had to be responsible for. Jonathan has to be responsible for the mail and, uh, and, and in truthfulness to you. At the beginning of the mail years ago, 10 years ago, we'd read letters in the mail and we didn't have any letters in the mail, so we had to write them ourselves. And it's the truth. <laughs> See, we, we do that. So we, we would do. ask ourselves a question. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we do that Ask the Boys segment where we have people call in, kind of similar to your speak pipe or whatever you, you call it. Yes. And, um, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. There are weeks where uh, I'm on Instagram or on social media practically begging people, like, do me a favor, call in, please call in. We, we can't do this without you kind of thing. And it, I, so I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I try to do is think about what, um, what is the question that somebody's asking out there? By the way, if, if you're looking for uh, search engine optimization, for instance, right? SEO, and you want people to end up finding you, um, what are people Googling, for instance, um, to try to find the answer to. Um, so if you typed in what cigar and you stop right there, it's going to, it's going to start filling in something, right? It's going to know what the question is. So what cigar, and then some question comes up, well, there's a show, whatever that ends up showing up, because there's a lot of people asking what cigar oh. should I buy as a newcomer, right? Or whose cigar, or when should a cigar, or, you know, any any question, you start the question, it fills out the answer to you. That's an answer that people are looking for. And your show title does not need to be episode 47. Who cares what episode number it is? Yeah. It needs to be it needs to be the question that they care about. And that's the clickbait. That is what you're going to be talking about. Uh, it could be the brand name of the cigar, if that's it. If it, if it's a hot new cigar or something people are searching for, if that's the brand, then that's what you're going to talk about. But certainly, one of you is asked the question to the other person, you better have the answer or be at your computer looking up to be able to say what it is. Uh, what does this, you know, you got to imagine it's a cigar geek 
that's listening to the show right Definitely. now, caring about talking about cigars. Right. What can what information can you possibly give them about cigars? We we just talked about the cigar business, and maybe they're interested in that here in a retailer to retailer, which is very interesting. I don't know if I ever heard that before. So cigar retailer to cigar retailer conversation, open conversation. Is that interesting to somebody? Maybe we'll see if that's what the show is titled, which somebody would click on that clickbait because we didn't mention the name of any of these cigars that we're smoking today. That's true. That's true. It wasn't even mentioned. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But you can't do that every single episode and it never gets said. Definitely. Definitely. Well, interesting. Cause I, like I said, you know, we, it's no secret that Jeff and I both enjoy your show. We do. And it's no secret just by listening to us that obviously when we were kind of formulating up our show um, that we, we looked at what various other shows that we liked were doing and um, not necessarily copying, although the cut, I will flat out admit I stole from you, but um, the, uh, the um, now I, w- I want to say the crinkling of the uh, cellophane here. I can show you, give you a little example. Oh God, that, that's really, that's mine, completely that's mine. Anyway, All right. Anyway, it's good. The point. The point. So I take the I take the cellophane off every single show. I take the cellophane off every cigar that I give the guys. Uh, we used to eat during the show way back. We used to have a, a little snack break during the during the thing, and, and we would wait until the commercial content was over, and then say, "Okay, what's the snack? We're going to have a snack right now." And the people used to write in and say. I don't need to listen to you guys chewing. It's disgusting <laughs> and all this stuff. So, so it went away. Listen to your audience too, by the way, that, which is another thing. They're going to tell you. They're yeah. going to tell you what's wrong. And, you know, th- there wasn't an audience person saying, hey, enough with the cowbell. That was a guy coming in from the outside saying, hey, enough with the cowbell. And uh, the audience went completely the opposite way. So I listened to the audience. We brought it back. And we made a mascot after it. So, uh, you know, listen to the audience um, and they're going to tell you um, this is a niche audience. Don't try to get everybody. You just want the people, you know, your avatar, your person that you're looking at. Who is that guy? I'm looking at a maybe 35 to 40 year old overweight male. That's the guy I'm talking to. And if you're underweight and you're 25 and listen to the show, that's great. And if you're 70 years old listening to the show, that's okay too. But I'm always thinking of that one guy that I'm talking to and everybody else will follow out. You know, uh, and it's easier for me to, uh, when I was really booming in the cigar business, uh, 10 years in, again, it took me 10 years to end up being somebody, um, 10 years in, I'm a 35 year old guy and that was, that's the customer I'm looking at because now that was my audience that's there. Now I'm a 60 year old guy. I'm older. So I'm trying to get my new, you say, what, what employee do I want to bring in? I need to bring younger audience that could be who I was because maybe I don't match up, match up with that consumer anymore. So I need to, um, and, and that's part of it. So, um, you know, I don't want to be a cigar store full of old men working in the cigar store and hoping that the young guy that comes in doesn't have a problem with that. So we, we have a mixture. And um, but when I bring somebody new in, um, you know, one of the manufacturers told me 
the, the person he, I'll leave him nameless, but he says, I want to hire people only with gray hair, you know, and um, because he, he wants a guy that's been around and take it serious and, and thinks less of the younger generation or something. Yeah, I got a problem with the younger generation also, but there's good, there's good ones and bad ones also. So I want to find the young young bucks that uh, were like-minded like me and want to be the best at whatever they do. Em- emptying the ashtray, they're the best one. They not only empty it out, they wipe it out after they empty it out too. Um, when it comes to podcasting, I don't look in the podcast world in the cigar industry. I look at the podcast world and including retail. I look at retail stores, not cigar stores. I've only been to a handful of cigar retail shops in my life, really, a handful of them. Uh, I don't travel around and go to them. Uh, the, the few times that I have done that, I walked in and the eyes open up. And if they recognize me, it's like, what the hell's going on? You open a store around me. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So usually it, it's an invite if I'm invited. And Dan, I hope I'm invited because I'd love to have a cigar with you someday. Oh, I'd love to have you down, Dave. That's uh, That would be just fantastic. Um, and, and, and I would be honored and love to end up doing that, but I just don't pop in on people. Um, but I like to go into other stores and I like to see how that's merchandise and how people in high end liquor stores display their stuff in jewelry stores. How do they display their stuff? How do they do it? Because we are a luxury item, even though our luxury item is only $10, it's a luxury item. Uh, you know, you take the Atabay, for instance, this is the highest end luxury item in our industry that we have. And it's still affordable that yeah. somebody can have one for $30. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's an affordable luxury item, no matter how high it ends up going. Um, and when it comes to podcasting, the same thing. Um, you know, you can look at somebody like a Joe Rogan and say, let me do a Joe Rogan show. Joe Rogan show works because it's Joe Rogan. And when you look at Padron that has no representation, that's because it's Padron. That doesn't work either. I can't yeah. be Padron and I can't be Joe Rogan. But then all of a sudden I'll find a, a show on horse training, training horses, has nothing to do with the cigar business, and look at this horse training show and say, there's something there. Let me look what this is. Um, they're getting a lot of people watching. The guy's been around for a long period of time. His viewership is huge. What's he got going on? And look at all these things. And I, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. It doesn't matter what they're talking about. I'm looking how the show is is formatted, how the flow ends up going, and how they keep people on for so long. Because people that are into horse training, just like people are into cigars, all we're trying to do is keep the people that are into cigars staying with the show. Uh, and when you do get uh, advertisers on the show, you want them to stay so engaged that they care about the commercial content that goes on too, because that's only fair that the commercial content gets as much of attention. So our uh, segments that we have on the show or your segment of your lighting segment, right? That you have that, that all of a sudden, it goes to Riverside, and and we know who that is, and, and it's, it's a good part of the show. It sounds exactly like something I know, but <laughs> put, no. put that aside. <laughs> you know, Dave, when, when the guys first uh, found us, uh, Gator tells a story where they were driving down, him and Nick, they saw our sign, our pole sign. I had, I had just bought a turkey. Yeah, go ahead and tell the. Yeah, I, I had just bought a turkey down the street. 
Um, my my ex wife Kristen and I. It's a long story, but I won't go into that. <laughs> you can go back and listen to the shows; you'll find out. Uh, but we we were buying a turkey, so Kristen and Addie take off um, in one direction, and I jump in the car with Nick, and we drive past. And I said, "That sign says cigars." And Nick's like, "Oh, okay." And I said, "No, turn around. We're going back." So and we did. We did, and a beautiful friendship was born. And from we that. met. We met Cindy, and Cindy uh, and gave her one of our stickers, and yep. she said, "Dan listens to this." Yep. Yeah. I was listening to ah. your podcast uh, nonstop again, trying to learn the business. And uh, uh, the uh, she texted me immediately. I got on within a day and listened to him. And I said, "Wow, these guys are really good." They were. This is like November of nineteen. So you guys yeah. have been at it since August. And I had always wanted to partner with some sort of a podcast, but I never could quite find one. We had customers coming in that wanted to do a podcast here, and I was like. Do you really, because I'd listened to you, I was like, do they really know what goes into this? And the answer was no. And uh, I said, okay, this is it. It's kind of like that um, congressman years ago that said he had no idea what pornography looked like, but if he saw it, he could tell you what it was. So I had no idea. Yeah. From looking at you, I knew what a podcast looked like. So I, I was like, oh, so I, and I, I got a hold of the guys and, and they stopped by and I was like, boy, I'd like to be a sponsor. And they were like saying, well, we don't really need any. We don't have any. I was like, but I thought first and foremost, I'd like to be involved with the cut, and the reason I want to be with the cut is in the case people dropped off along the way, I would at least get my exactly. commercial in in the very beginning, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, in, in pitching Nick Perdomo on when we cut the cigar, um, Nick Perdomo's looking for an ad, and I said, instead of an ad, I got this idea when I cut the cigar, you cut the federal S-chip tax yeah. on taxes, and he had, he had signs that were made there, and I said... And uh, there was no thing with the click of the thing that just came natural. It just happened. Yeah. But you cut the federal S chip tax, blah, blah, blah. And this is what it does. And he goes, well, you didn't even mention anything about the cigar. And I said, I think this is more powerful than that. Very complicated. I think that this, that this catches on that people end up saying it after a while. And it's not going to happen overnight, but People will be cutting their cigar and they say, and this will this will come to their mind every time they cut a cigar. And when I'm cutting your competitor's cigar, it's brought to you by your cigar, and you're going to be mentioned every single time. He says, "All right, I'll give it a try." So he gives it a try. It catches on. After a while, maybe a couple of years had passed, and he says, "We're thinking about changing the the show up, you know, the cutting." And uh, Maybe we'll do something else. I said, well, great, because everybody wants your spot. Once I put your spot out, every manufacturer says, what can, what can I do to get that? Yep. Uh, including a cigar cutter company, which had no interest in, in there until they end up hearing their ad. And wouldn't that be nice if that was a cigar cutter? And I said, so I can sell that tomorrow. So great if you want. He goes, well, let me think about it. And I said, Nick, I've known you for a long time. You don't want to stop with this. So he went to Czechoslovakia once, and a guy with broken English came up to him and said, Nick Perdomo, Perdomo cigars in broken English, cut the federal S-chip tax. <laughs> and he, he recited it to him, and he was blown away at that point, and he said, I could not believe it that this guy in Czechoslovakia is listening to an American podcast about cigars, he's into cigars, and he recited it back to him, and he never left after that. That was it. And my job is actually to provide 
the service to my customer, who is Nick Perdomo. Yeah. I'm his customer too, but he's a, he's a client and I need to give him traction and for this to work for him. So he never leaves me. Like I try to do for every one of my customers. I never want him to leave. So you, you guys are doing it. When you, when you talk about that, you give it the, the, the time and respect that it deserves. It's part of the show. It's fun. You joke around with it a little bit. You bring it up when, whenever you get a chance and you, and you talk about the shop. Here you are doing it live from the shop yep. with the person from the shop. It, it's fantastic. So you are giving that. Other manufacturers should be listening to this, want a piece of this because they can't buy a spot on the Cigar Authority because we're sold out. So the place to go is Cigar Pulpit. Get in while the getting's good because our rates are probably more than yours. So they can get in low while they can. And uh, there you go. Well, I'm going to be- should. I'm going to be clipping that piece of audio. Yeah, do, you, and do, you mind, do you mind going on our sales Take calls it. with us? We'd appreciate that. Uh, it, but it's true. It's true. And it's the best buy, bang for the buck they could possibly get because it's direct target marketing. Every person that listens to your show is a cigar smoker. Right. If they put an ad in a newspaper, you, I know you guys are newspapers, but if they put their yeah. ad for their cigar in your newspaper, one out of a thousand would be interested in that ad. Yep, We're a thousand out of a thousand that listen to Cigar Pulpit are interested in your ad. It's direct target marketing. There's nothing better. If it existed before I was a podcast, I would be buying somebody else's podcast just like Dan did. He's very smart to do this because what is better than this? It's direct target marketing. It didn't exist, so I had to create it myself, unfortunately. Because if it didn't, I could spend those two hours two busy hours Saturday at 12 noon in a cigar retail shop is a yeah. busy time. And here I am doing a stupid podcast. We talked about moving it. The audience hated the idea of us moving it. So we, we didn't do it again. We're listening to the audience at the same time. So, uh, it, it is great. And, and the, listen, 11 years ago, every manufacturer I talked about putting an ad on my podcast said, what is a podcast? 100% of them. What is it? Don't even know. And now they want in and they can't get in because I have 25 minutes of advertising. I can't do a 25-minute show. Yeah, It's a two-hour show. I can't put any more in it. Uh, so I just can't, I can't blow it up any more than I, I did. It is what it is. But if anybody gets out, when somebody says, ah, you know, we're looking at our budget this year, we're thinking about going, I said, please do because I got 100 in the waiting room dying for your spot. And they say, well, never mind. We're going to stay where we are. I said, okay. <laughs> no, that's interesting. And and to your point, that's something Jeff and I, or Gator and I have talked about a lot, is that, you know, for tobacco manufacturers, you know, they're they're limited in their advertising options, you know. Um, right. Just in and of themselves. And then from there, some of those options that are available are exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're the shotgun effect. You're you're blowing your message out to, you know, thousands of people, but as you said, maybe only a couple care. Whereas podcasts offer that that direct marketing and and it just works out so much better. So, no. Nope. Yeah. Right. The the godfather of um of Cigar Media is Cigar Dave. You know Cigar Dave uh -huh. that used to do the radio show. The he now is part he's all yeah, he's all podcast now. And um, he should have done this a long time ago, but radio people believe in radio so much. They, they say, no, you know, it's, it's not going to go away. This is, you know, I've been doing radio my whole life and radio, radio, radio. It's over. 
and it's podcasts. It's on this next generation that's coming in does not wait till eight o'clock at night to watch their show or wait till the 11 o'clock news. It's gone. It's on demand. So you can listen to Cigar Pulpit when you want at your leisure on your way to work while you're at the gym. Not me, not you, but other people go to the gym and uh, (laughs) whenever's right to, um, to listen to the show or pause it at any moment and go back to it and, li- and listen to it all the way through. And as you start looking at your analytics, and you should, because that's how you're going to make yourself better, and I hope you even listen to your own show, because as much as it, it's painful to even listen to my show, every once in a while I do it, just so I can improve and know, oh my God, why do I do this? Why do I keep with the ahs? And uh, you know, why this, why that? And try to improve. As you end up doing that, you'll, you're going to see the, the openings for segmentation. Again, I, I don't have, I can't beat it up because you have all the aspects of what I do, how I do it, what I learned along the way. It's all there. And I don't know what more to add to your show other than to give you the confidence to tell you it's not about your guests. It's about you guys, you two guys. They know, like, and trust you and give them the information. Don't forget to have the information that you, of, of what you want to talk about available. Uh, they, they can't, there's got to be less of this on the fly thing. Let's, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Let's just go, but some bullet points just so you don't get scatterbrained. Uh, I, because I know it, at the early, I tell people not to listen early on of, I run, I would run out of stuff. I ran out of juice. I'm out of gas. I don't know what to talk about now. So the show's over. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. I have more than enough subject matter. It never goes to waste. Whatever I don't use this time goes to next week or get goes back in the box. Uh, maybe little index cards of ideas. Um, 11 years of shows. 11 years. Never skipped a show. So 52 episodes for 11 years. There's a lot of different shows that are on there. We're talking about round tobacco, rolled up tobacco leaves, two hours per show, 52 weeks, 11 years. Where am I going with this? Thank God new cigars come out. Thank God Google does this thing where I can type this and see what other people are looking for information um, and then base a show around whatever they're doing. You know, no place to smoke in the wintertime. It's a show about the tent and how you did the tent and every aspect of where to get it, how, where, and when. It's the tent show. Uh, pitch a tent. Uh, there's uh, how a cigar smoker pitches a tent yeah. or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's clickbait. And somebody looks at that and says, what's that all about? You know, how uh, it, it, and um, Gate is good like that. that you're, you're a little like the Barry Stein where you look at the, <laughs> at the, at the, at the, the part of it that, that you make a little creepy, but it's funny. Uh, <laughs> he has listened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of being creepy, I, I, I've, got, I've got a little recommendation for the authority. So I want yeah. you, you've you've given Un- something unsolicited. Us, unsolic- I want to give something back. So I want it. I we were talking about the flavor notes earlier, and you were talking about the book that the gentleman has put out that helps with that. And again, the name of the book was is Cigar Bliss by Nick Cutro. Yeah, C U T R O. Now 
I say that to say this. You also have your flavor wheel that you guys have put together. Yep. And I'm a big fan of the flavor wheel, but something's missing. Oh, yeah. It's coming. We need to add persimmons. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Persimmons. Yes. Persimmons. So what is is a persimmon? It's road fruit. Yeah, Nick calls it road fruit. I will drive around in the winter and, and find a persimmon tree. Because once the leaves fall, then you can see them. You wait for a frost or a good freeze, and then you pick the persimmons. And they're just this little, like... A sweet prune, maybe? Eh, not even a sweet prune. I don't even know how to describe it. It's It's got a lot of spice and a lot of flavor to it. Um, you know, I used to take them, and I would, I would squeeze them out through a mesh cloth and make, like, a jam out of them and add a little cinnamon to them. They've got just a great flavor. So persimmons is one thing that's missing on your flavor wheel. That's one of my favorite cigar notes, besides cantaloupe and chiclets. All right, so we're going to come out with a flavor (laughs) wheel eventually. So there's the wheel. Now it's going to spin out, and there's going to be obviously a whole bunch more because the bigger the wheel gets right Another ring. Now the spokes. I like where your head is. and it's going to, you know, it's going to have the Chinese pea pods on it. It's going to have, <laughs> you know, these oddball uh, Cigar Authority ridiculous flavor notes that are going to line up in there. Um, and we've been working on it. We've been messing some things up, but we're going to put it together and then we'll make it available. They can just click on it and, and uh, print it out and they'll have this ridiculous flavor note. But since we put that wheel together, which, by the way, was before Nick Kutro's book, we started going through this, and then Nick Tutro heard us talking about this and then said, you know something? I want you to look at this book because he found somebody that was interested in these flavor notes yeah. like we were. And uh, that, that's how this whole relationship uh, happened between us. And um, I said to him, you know, we're going to end up expanding this and get into the ridiculous and some funny stuff in between and things. Uh, I need to find a persimmon. I don't know if they have those in New Hampshire. Persimmons tonight. Uh, persimmon, and I'll tell you what: Pers- if if I can find any still, we're getting a little late in the season for them. I'll package some up and send them your way. All right, uh, good. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Jo- Jonathan is the uh, f- fruit and. Uh, vegetable guy on the panel you can tell me and barry really not so much but uh i'll try it (laughs) there you go well i'll hook you up fantastic all right well dave i have one last question from a listener that i want to end with this is one that's been asked to us and i'll be honest uh it's not necessarily my wheelhouse and so uh but it seems like something that definitely um would would you'd be able to help with um this listener would like to know about how cigar lounges retailers go about getting a house cigar made where do you get the where do you find a cigar maker who does that sort of business how do they compare to name brands and are they worth buying well it all depends um who you're going to have make it and how how really deep you want to want to go there's some companies out there that that have um, bald cigars, basically, they call them. There's unbanded cigars, and they're happy to create the same cigar they do for a lot of people. So a lot of stores that have a, a house brand is the same house brand the other guy has called something else. Uh, not the case for me. Uh, again, I started out in the 80s, and um, I remember trying to buy uh, a, a brand in volume enough that I could compete with, at that time, the big mail-order guy, was JR Cigars. I couldn't get something, so I actually went to a manufacturer to have something made. 
And that manufacturer was Aroa. And that was a company called Carib at the time. And um, they had a brand called Bacharach. And that was even before Camacho, before they had Camacho or any of those brands. But they had um, a whole bunch of different brands. And uh, I said, I want to make a brand. And a girl from the bank next door to us came in and she used to say to me all the time, Dos Hombres. And I said, uh, what do you say all the time? Every time you come in, you say this. And uh, she was Spanish. And she says, Dos Hombres. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, it means two guys. That's the name of my store. And I said, how do you spell that? And I wrote it down. And then uh, I said, okay, I want to make a cigar called Dos Hombres for Two Guys Smoke Shop, and that'll be the brand. And I contacted them, who I was a, they were a supplier of. And uh, I said, I want to do this. And this is my logo. And instead of saying two guys on the logo, it's the same logo as the two guys logo. But instead of saying two guys on it, it says Dos Hombre. And um, what do I have to do? And they said, well, yeah, how many sizes do you want? And I said, I don't know, five sizes. And they said, okay, it's 500 bundles of each size. Well, 500 bundles of each size. It's <laughs> a lot of cigars. You know, yeah. And I'm a little, yeah. And that, in order to really have something that is your blend, it requires volume. They cannot stop production to end up making, I want 20 bundles of cigars. It, in that case, it's going to be, here's these brands we already have, and we're going to stick a, a sticker on the bundle, or we're going to put the band on the existing thing we have. Uh, but if you end up wanting something, it requires a, not only I'm going to take this many of that, but this is an ongoing thing because when you make the bands, they won't even make the production unless you're talking about 10,000, 20,000 bands. So the band production costs a lot. And the, the first band costs you a fortune because it's the die cut, it's design work, all that happens there. And uh, so it's a commitment. So if, if you really want to do it, listen, money talks, the manufacturers will do it. And they're going to quote you a price of, of what you want to do it. They're dying to make cigars. Actually not a good time right now because they don't have rollers. They're 25% capacity and they're going to say no to you. But as soon as this thing ends, there's going to be places out there. So you find a manufacturer that makes a cigar to your liking to begin with, but you want something different, obviously. At the beginning, I used to, because I was a cigar geek myself, I would say to them, this is what I wanted. I think I knew. And I say, oh, I want this in it. I want that in it and that. And they would shake their head to me and say, that's terrible. That's not going to go well together. And I said, no, make me a sample. I, that's what I want. And they go, it's going to be terrible. And I said, that's what I want. I know. I know what I want. And these, I'm talking to a blender that's been doing it his whole life. <laughs> and uh, he's telling me no, and I know better. And uh, we'll do it my way. And he sends it to me, and they're terrible. And he says, now, let me explain to you why it's terrible. And there's the learning curve. Or it's not going to burn. You're not going to be able to put this tobacco and this tobacco together and, it's not, and it won't burn properly. Show me. And then they show me and it doesn't burn properly. I go, okay, I'm going to stop this madness of I think I know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm looking for a little sweetness to it, not too spicy. I don't want it way too strong. Ba, 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 ba. And I want to pay about this. 
and they make me a sample of it and they know what the hell they're doing at that point. They get really good at it. And usually at that point, it's pretty damn close to what I want or it's exactly what I want. And there's quote manufacturers and a lack of saying a company name to sound insulting to them. There's, there's cigar brand owners and then there's cigar factory owners, the people that make the cigar. Not necessarily a brand owner is a cigar maker. Uh, an example of it, and I'll say this example because it's not true today, Rocky Patel did not make Rocky Patel cigars. He didn't own a factory. It wasn't his. As years went on and he needed more production and, and better quality, he ended up making a factory in Nicaragua himself, and he's a factory owner today. Uh, it has been for a while, but back in the day, people would go to a brand owner and say, make a cigar for me. At that point, the brand owner is going to go to a factory. And now you have two stages. You have the manufacturer who's making a profit, the brand owner now who's making a profit. Then it goes to you who needs to make a profit going to the consumer. The more people that are involved in the stage, the more expensive the cigar gets to the end user. So try to go to the source of the, of the cigar manufacturer, if at all possible, if you can make that connection. But keep in mind, you're talking to a guy that owns a factory that makes lots and lots of cigars. You're going to stop him from making his cigar at that moment. You ain't going to do it for, some, for no short run. So today, um, we have a Buelo that is the next thing coming out, right? We, we sampled that in the Cigar yep. Authority last week. I actually smoked that uh, in my ice tent last night watching that show. Perfect. Yep. And it was good. Um, it was it really is, good. So the cigar is not out yet, but as this thing was going on, back and forth process that Oliver was doing with back to the Aroas again, back to the old days, the, uh, the first people that originally did that cigar for us way back when, because this cigar existed before, and they were the ones that made it. We want it different now, and what is the minimum amount we can order? Because we don't know if it's going to sell at all, and today's minimum is now 200 per size, and how many sizes? I don't know if it's four or five sizes right. that it is. So you're talking a 1,000 boxes of cigars, and again, make the bands, um, the inside um, artwork that's inside the box. Um, how many do you have to make of those? And you don't make the exact amount. You got to make way more than enough. And you have to have enough in case the cigar takes off and you're going to continue to make it, which I've smoked enough samples now at this point. The cigar's a winner, I believe. Oh, I agree. So we're going to keep going there. So, uh, it, and I'm okay now financially to be able to handle that. But Doss Omri, let me tell you, was, uh, you know, <laughs> Very, very tough, um, risky move to end up making a project like that. So um, short of doing your own thing, uh, I'm a strong believer in some of these small brands. Um, you can be the only guy in your neighborhood with some of these small brands because right. it's a small brand and you don't have to do it. So it's like it's your brand because everybody doesn't have it and you're the store that does have it and you treat it as your own brand until the day comes that you can end up doing it. So two people prosper at that point, the little guy that has this little brand that you're treating as your own, and you have your own brand that every, isn't everywhere if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Dave, 
I, you have been more than generous with your time. Um, I'm sure this has uh, gone way longer than you had anticipated. And we really want to thank you for uh, indulging us and taking time out of your evening to speak with us. Well, I'm honored to be here. You guys uh, are the rising superstars. Uh, my spot is open for you to take over. And uh, I'd love to see you guys uh, bigger and better than me and uh, uh, eclipse how we're doing, which is very good. I only wish that upon you. Dan, the same goes for me with Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, I wish you uh, success, and I'd love to have a cigar one day and sit with you guys, maybe uh, in the ice tent or uh, in, the, in, in the lounge right oh, there. Oh, we'd love that very much, Dave, and thank you so much for your time, and we're a big fan, and, uh, and, and for your generosity to the industry. I mean, you've set the, set the bar for all of us to follow, and it's the right right approach and that is uh we all need to help each other out um divided we fall united we stand type thing thank you so much amen yes all right thank you guys thank Thank you nick i know i was there for the interview and i know it was upwards going on three hours Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe two hours 45 something like that it just went by like a snap it was super quick it was super fun and I am the one the one drawback that I have from it, the one and only drawback is how do you have any negative takeaway from this? Because I am like firmly in debt for all the money that I owe Dave for saying all those nice things about our show. Yeah, Dave was really complimentary to us. Yeah. And I mean and he didn't have to be. That's the thing that I found about him that was really intriguing to me is you know, he's got the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cigar Authority is the pinnacle of, you know, these cigar podcasts. Yep. And for him to say the things that he said about what you and I are doing, again, he didn't have to do it. It was just just generosity was, on his part. It was genuine. I hope it was genuine. And I don't, uh, I don't get the feeling Dave would kiss our ass. No, I get the I, overwhelming I think, I think feeling that if Dave it. had something to say, he would have just said it. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and the fact that he said that he had no real constructive criticism for us and we just need to keep doing what we're doing. Um, I'd also like to heavily point out the part when he told manufacturers that you need to jump on advertising opportunities for our show. Exactly. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I'm nudge, gonna, nudge. I'm going to clip that audio and play it at the beginning of every podcast from now until eternity. <laughs> um, until you get the cease and desist exactly. order. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, the point remains... Um, no, he was extraordinarily nice. He could not have been more gracious. I, you know, I've, I've said for a while that it's been on my podcast bucket list to get up to, uh, New Hampshire to, uh, New Hampshire. Damn it. Not a single time goes by. Get up to Salem and, uh, check out the recording of an episode of the Cigar Authority. And Jeff, I think you and I need to make that a priority for for 2021. That would be fun to sit, sit there and watch them do their show. I think we need to get up to the Cigar or the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. In fact, I want to find out if like I can just rent like two hours of time there and then maybe you and i could do a oh a, my a god cigar pulpit from the studio 21 podcast cafe okay then i think that would be a lot of fun i could sit in on the toscano studio oh yeah oh yeah we could even get the video you know us with that like super fancy colored background now we're talking right would that not be amazing that would be cool. They're never going to let us. They're do not going to let. Well, no, 
they're, they're going to take one whiff of you and be like, we don't want our chairs to smell like that. Wow. Let's be it's real. Let's, I am wearing the drug rug I today. was going to say, let's be real. <laughs> you look homeless today. Anyway, well, Jeff, why don't we go ahead and get into some Ask the Boys? Let's do it. Shall we play a game? You talking to me? I have a question for you. You got to ask me nicely. Ask me about my winner. You got a question. You asked the eight Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. All right, so. Where did you get the wiener quote, by the way? I've been meaning to ask. It's a movie. I, I don't know what movie. I, I found a whole bunch of movie <laughs> quotes that have to do with questions. and and, and uh, Ask me about my and, wiener. And it was this clip from a movie. This guy was dressed as a giant hot dog. Out on like it was like he was in college and he was like passing out flyers for some hot dog restaurant and he was dressed as a giant hot dog and he's on the like quad at the college just screaming ask me about my wiener and it was it felt appropriate you know for us. some listener out there knows what movie that's from yeah, and it, can tell us it felt so appropriate please please reach out it felt really appropriate for us so guys uh, go ahead and get your questions into the ask the boys hotline it's area code 863-874-0000 we need your questions and they don't have to be cigar related they can be about just anything at all so feel free life in general life in general and so feel free to get those into us and we will listen to them and and again I want to point out we do not listen to these in advance these are totally on the fly they are and so sometimes we know the answer, sometimes we don't, but all the times we make something up. Yes. Anyway. All right. First question. What's up, guys? It's Lupe here. Lupe. Uh, I just got done listening to the new episode and I uh, was just going over some of the sticks that I would smoke um, before, like if it was my last stick. You know, the, your, your your question that you asked about the death what stick. would be your last stick if uh, you knew you were going to die. And I have to say it would be the Padron 1964, which is an awesome stick. Also, for the second question, a cigar that I can't find that I have smoked before, and I thought it was just an absolute amazing cigar, would be the Liga Pravada 10th Anniversary. Ooh. I've had one, and I cannot find them anywhere after that. Uh, I sat on it for almost a year because I just didn't want to smoke it. But when I went on vacation last year, I smoked it, and it was just an awesome stick. Also, if you're thinking about having viewers or listeners be on the show, I might be up to that. We'd All right, guys. Uh, stay safe and stay smoky. And we'd be up to having you I'm on the win. show, Lupe. Yeah, we should do that. That'd be fun. You could help me defend the tongue ring. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, but For anyway, those of you that don't know, Nick had a tongue ring when he was in high school. And and, and you know what? We'll we'll just leave it at that. Just own it. I'm just own it. it. So anyway, Lupe, good cigar suggestions. And guys, what Lupe is answering are standing questions that we have for all of you. We want to know um, what cigar, if you knew that that was the last cigar that you were ever going to have in your life. And you and you knew that for a fact. What cigar would you go out of your way to try and smoke? Like, what would you make your final cigar ever? And then the other question is, is there a cigar that you've had once that you really, really, really enjoyed that you just cannot find anymore? What cigar is that? Like, if you, if you could try and track down a cigar that is just impossible for you to find, what cigar would that be? 
So Lupe, Very really cool. good, really good answers to those questions. And yeah, let's let's figure out a time to get get Lupe on the Lupe show. Lupe'd be a blast on the show. I agree. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So anyway, moving on to the next caller here. Hey guys, uh, what's going on? It's Dan, just cigars from the UK. Hey, um, raw trekkies from my understanding. So here's my question to you: If you could handpick your own bridge crew from any timeline, oh man, who would they be? And, of course, they're going to need a ship to commandeer. So there's only one flagship in the Federation, and that's the Enterprise. Uh, which model Enterprise uh, would you have your crew man? Uh, so that's my question. Uh, by the way, uh, where's my stickers? <laughs> I'm only kidding. Not really. But anyway, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Speak to you soon. You got busted. I do need to send out stickers. I'm I'm behind on sending out a lot of stuff. I, I I'll, I'll admit with the post office situation, I kind of held off on mailing because it's it's either they're going to sit on it for a month or I'm going to sit on it for a month. So I figure I'll just sit on it and make sure that it's safe. But less chance of it anyway, getting lost in so, transit if you haven't sent it yet. So yeah. So in all fairness, that that is on me. But anyway, dude, super nerdy question. I love so it. The Enterprise Bridge Crew. Enterprise Bridge. Okay, let's start with the ships. Okay. Let's start with the ships. What he he specifically said Enterprise. Yes. What model Enterprise are you going with? Oh man. I've got to go with the Enterprise E. The one that was in uh first contact. In the show or okay, the movie, in the movie. The, the in the yeah, you know they, they had an E in the show too. Well, D was the one that was in the show. Well, no. Because they did the one, do you remember the one where Picard keeps jumping back and forth in different timelines? Mm-hmm. And they have the new ship, I, I, I'm almost positive, I'll, I'm going to have to go back and watch that now, but I'm almost positive, they show the new Enterprise, it's either the new one or it's a D-retrofitted. I'm thinking it's a D-retrofitted. Okay, because, maybe it is. Because the E premiered, I thought, in First Contact, the movie with the Borg. I'm thinking it was on the show, but it may not have been the same. And I'll be honest, ship. I've only watched um, what was it? Insurrection. Because if I'm not, not mistaken, it was Riker not- is the captain at that point. Probably Be- because ne- Picard's ne- retired. Nemesis was the final one with the Romulan thing, and I've only watched that one time. And I think that's that- the one where Data gets the emotion chip. Yeah, and I think that's the one. God, we're nerds. No, I think that was that that one, or was that Insurrection? Anyway, the point is, I think F premiered in uh, the 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 last movie, but okay. I don't really remember it. So I'm going to go with E because I thought E was a really cool kind of more modern, a little more sleek, like you know, badass version. I was like the Reliant D. Yeah, but we're not picking Reliance. We're pick, picking Enterprises. Okay, fair enough. Well, what are you going to do? Maybe a Klingon battle cruiser. Which ship are you picking, Jeff? I got to go with the one you're talking about because it was pretty badass. Right? Yeah. It was it really, really was. cool. <laughs> okay, so bridge crew. Oh, man. This is hard. I mean, you got, you know, it's always a core of seven. So let's 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 think this through here first. Doctor's probably the easiest. It's McCoy. It's McCoy all day. All day I long. mean, all day. All day. I mean, you know, look, I love Beverly. Love Beverly. But but you you got a thing for redheads. <laughs> Beverly's hot, but I gotta go. You know, I gotta go with with McCoy there. Yeah, but think about it. You got to deal with Wesley at that point. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Will Wheaton, it's, if you listen. <laughs> it's 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 a package deal, and I'm just we not, love you, Will Wheaton, and we'd like you to come on the show. I'm just but, not yeah. in the mood for that. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, thinking McCoy. Okay, for Doctor uh, Engineer. 
Is he technically bridge crew? Well, it's that kind of like core. Okay, okay. You know? Well, I'll, I'll acquiesce. So, chief engineer. Oh man, it you. I like Jordy, but you can't beat Scotty. Did you know Jordy was not the chief engineer in the first season? I did of Next Indeed. Generation. It was Argyle. 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 <laughs> anyway, but yes, no, I agree. Jordy is a a great engineer, but but you know it's Scotty. It's got to be Scotty. I hate to say this, and now I'm I'm gonna. These are fighting words, and I, I know I like the Scotty from the Kelvin timeline or the new timeline. What? Which is that Kelvin? That's Kelvin, right? Yeah, the like the the uh, Peg the the movies. Yeah, yeah. Simon Peg. Simon uh, Peg does see? a good Scotty. Ah, dude, Jimmy Doohan, man. Jimmy Doohan's a badass i mean he's yeah, in like, like legit and shit. Yeah. like in real life badass but man simon Pegg does a good take on scotty and he's got the humor like he he adds a lot to the character it he brings a lot to the table simon Pegg's a good actor <sighs> i'm just gonna say scotty i'm not gonna pick an actor because wow way to wuss out yeah it's a little difficult but yeah i'm gonna just say scotty um i will say i have watched the three seasons of just of discovery oh <sighs> I can't. Yeah. And, you know. I tried. The, the dude on that. The goddamn ship spins around. It's a whole thing. It's, it's only for why? the warp drive or the, the spore drive. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right. Um, but so it that's spins. Those in, it, it's ridiculous. And they changed the Klingons. All right. Well, anyway. Um, so pilot crew. I mean, let's be real. On next gen, it was always data and somebody. Yeah. You know, sometimes early on it was Jordy, then it was Will Wheaton. Yep. And then it was just kind of generic person sitting there next to Data. Yes. So, I mean, I'd say you got to have Data. You have to have Data. I think you got to have Data. But do you go with Sulu? I I think you have to go with Sulu. I think I go with the redhead chick from um, Discovery. And I'm trying to remember her name with the bionic eye. I haven't watched She was a super good pilot. I'm trying to, I will admit, the names didn't stick with me as much in that show. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Data and the redhead pilot chick from Discovery. Who's your security officer? Oh, Worf. Not Tasha? Worf. Worf. You know why? Tasha couldn't make it through a season. Wow. Worf. Did she actually, was she killed off in the first season? First season. But you know, she came came back. By the mud monster. She came back as a... Flipping Romulan, I know, though. but she was, was killed. Her by, kid, she was killed by a mud monster. It was more of a tar pit, thing, whatever. But yeah, Worf is a Klingon. I'm going with Worf all day. Uh, okay, number two. Oh, see, number two. Wait, you mean number one? Wait, yeah, number one. Sorry, okay, I said yeah, number two. first number officer, one. first yeah. officer. I was say the second in command. Yeah, I, I, I get what you. No, meant. I messed that up. That's no, on me. I get what you meant. Um, I'm turning my nerd card. Man, so that that's a tough one because you got Mister Spock there. It's got to be Spock. I don't know though, man. You got Riker just going around, just having sex throughout the just whole galaxy. Just horn dogging it up. Just horn dogging it up. Just like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? Here's my chest hair. You want to have some Riker sex? You know, I mean, <laughs> oh my god, dude, he was. He was nothing more than a sex fiend, just going all over the galaxy. Did you see his eyes light up when they went to the sex planet that time? I'm just saying, yes. I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy, he was. He took on the mantle of Kirk's horn dogging it through the universe. So I mean. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, but Spock. And that way he would get into chairs. 
with the, le- <laughs> the, with the swinging the leg over what is and everything. it the, the the greatest generation is that the podcast yeah what is it they call it uh, do they call it the Riker maneuver I've heard uh, you it called the Riker maneuver me. yeah yeah that's how he swings his leg over every chair mm-hmm. he sits in if you go to the the uh Star Trek meme page on Facebook they make a lot of fun of that yeah ah, boy I don't know that's a tough one I think I gotta go see I've got data though do I want two like logicals logicals yeah i mean like data kind of takes that that logical ishness from mr spock so i think i almost gotta go with uh i think i'm gonna go with Riker. i'm gonna go with Riker. let me ask you this ohura was on the original show as the comms officer Mm -hmm. is there a comms officer on the next gen because i can't no they replaced it with troy Ah, uh, they didn't have a comms officer, so they made the ship's counselor. Oh, by the way, the two Ohura, Ohura, yeah, all day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> I have no use for Troy. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, all right, she so, would know that before you said it. That's though. true, she would. Yeah. And then her mom's part of the picture, and just like, okay, now uh, what's you know the the Major, tie in there, Major Barrett? Yeah, it's it's Roddenberry's wife. Yeah, yeah, she and was she was the nurse. She was the nurse on the original series. She was Nurse Chapel. Yeah, yeah. She was hot as Nurse Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still rocking it. Anyway. Um, all right, Captain Time. Oh, man. Now, now, okay. I haven't acknowledged Enterprise, that show at all, because let's be real, it, it wasn't anything that I cared about. It was a good show, though. Um, I haven't, Dif- acknowledged, different. haven't acknowledged Voyager, because the only it's thing Voyager. That good that came out of Voyager was... Seven and nine. Seven and nine in the Doctor simulation, but, you know, Bol- you know McCoy still beats the Doctor simulation. Yeah, Picardo was a good actor on that, though. Yes. And then uh, DS9. I like DS9 a lot, but I don't really... But it's its own little separate beast. Yeah. So, like, when considering Captain, I don't I'm know. I'm going with Janeway. <laughs> Are you really? No. Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm going to have to like totally oh my God. Every, discount everything that you've ever anybody said. anybody that isn't a Trek person didn't get that, but everybody that is completely understands why I'm dogging on mm-hmm. it. That was just a horrible pick. Boy, we've just come to the age-old fight. Yeah. Kirk versus Picard. Well, and you, you, uh, you'd be remiss if you don't add in Christopher Pine's Kirk. There's uh, actually two Kirks to choose from now. True. You know, we could go old school and go Pike. Captain Pike. Yeah. He was pretty good on Discovery. I haven't. I, I, I know, tried watching I know, it. I swear I know, to God. I know. It just, I swear. When the ship spun around, I turned it you off. You just, you, you, you get hung, it was goofy. You got hung up on little stupid stuff instead of actually paying attention. Yeah, to like what, them completely you know, reworking anyway. the Klingons. But anyway. Oh, dear God. Anyway, they did that in the Kelvin timeline, too, and you didn't get all flipped out about that. The the only good this thing about that. This is the nerdiest that, conversation that we've ever recorded. I it's just true. That for the you know, the, the only cool part of that was when they went back, and it was a Deep Space Nine episode, when they went back to Trouble with Tribbles mm-hmm. and interjected themselves into that episode. They see the, the Klingons, and they're like, Worf, what happened? Like, we don't talk about it. <laughs> I think that's funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah. All right. So, Kirk and Picard, man. I don't know. Kirk. Boy, I don't know. If I put Kirk with Riker, it would just be the like biggest like sexual assault charge in the Federation <laughs> history. Those two teaming up to go Me around in and the just, universe. just plant seeds all <laughs> over the freaking universe. You know, let's think about that. Because when you look at the Prime Directive, 
Oh yeah. But how how does impregnating aliens fit into that? Don't look at me. Because that should be, like, frowned upon. There's tons of little babies with beards all over the next-gen universe The little, right the little uh, Fu Manchu goatee thing that he wore? Riker? Yeah. He had a full beard. Did he have a full beard? He had a full beard. Oh, he had the Fu Manchu. Nah, he had a full beard. Oh, my memory is fuzzy. The Fu Manchu was uh, Mirror Universe Spock. Oh, well, of course, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think they did that with Kirk. Or, I'm sorry, with Picard in a Mirror Universe episode, didn't they? Mm. I thought they did. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe. I don't know. Boy, I don't know. It's a flip. I, I think I almost need Picard to balance out Riker's libido. Here. I'm looking you know? at, I'm looking at I think Riker. if I put Rick, Riker with Kirk, I think I would end up with just like, like I said, the biggest sexual harassment charge in the Federation history. You know what? I got to give you credit. It It is a full beard. It's a full beard. Yep. I got to give you credit. He does. Um... Wow, I remember that completely wrong. Okay, so what cat? You're going with Kirk. I'm going with Kirk, and I actually almost like the Christopher Did you go Pine with, version. You went with Spock over Riker, right? Yeah. Okay. See, that makes sense. You got to have a balance. Yeah. You know, you can't have you know Kirk with Riker, and I don't think you could do Picard with with Spock. It's almost like they flipped roles around. Yeah. 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 I think I think if you put Picard with Spock, they're just gonna like try and talk and logic their way out of everything, and at some point something just got to get hit. Yeah, you, you just know. Gotta, yeah, you and, just got to lob a photon at somebody. Riker was the one to just deck somebody, and and Kirk was too. And I think I think if I were to, yeah, I think I got to go with since I went with Riker. I think I got to go with Picard. Okay then. So. There you go. Well, we agree to disagree. Well, there we go. That was the nerdiest conversation <laughs> we've ever had on this show. We didn't okay. get into uh, Colin Meany. What? Colin Meany. What was his character on Star Trek? What? Hold on. Let me look it up. You're talking about O'Brien? Yeah. I don't think that's how you pronounce his name. Is, is it, it not? Hold on. Star Trek? He's, his name's not Colin. It's not? It's like Comb. Oh, maybe I pronounced it wrong. Anyway. Anyway. I do like O'Brien, but he's kind of a sad sack, so, you know. Yeah, but his wife was hot. Anyway. Keiko? Guys, guys, Keiko. guys, this has been Ask the Boys. Make sure you get your questions in to us at area code 863-874-0000. It is called uh, C-O-L-M. There you go. You're right. And call us uh, call us in and obviously ask us about anything because uh, we'll, we'll talk about anything. So <laughs> Ain't that the we, truth? Here we go. Jeff, why don't we give away some cigars? Let's do it. So it's time for the weekly giveaway where we give away a pack of cigars. And guys, you can sign up to win by going to CigarPulpit.com and getting your name put onto the email newsletter list at some point. We plan on doing something with that here very, very soon. Very we got, soon. We've got some plans. So Schemes. Uh, machinations. Anyway, so make sure you... Uh, that was get, good. I like that. Yeah, there you go. So get your uh, name put on the list, and as long as you're on the list, you're entered to win. And once I name off the winner, all you have to do is email me at nick at cigarpulpit.com. You have six days. You have until Monday of next week. Just tell me um, that you are the winner, and give me your shipping address, and uh, I will add you to my list of people that I need to mail stuff to, because as I just explained a little bit earlier, I've been waiting for the post office, but I think it's high time to start getting some packages. Packages out. So, this week's winner. Hold on. Is Bryson Hart. 
Bryson Hart. Bryson Hart. You have until Monday of next week to tell us that you're the winner, and we will get these cigars from Martinez Cigars sent to you post-haste. Bryson the Hitman Hart. There you go. There you go. Like it. There you go. Well, guys, coming up on Friday, we are going to have um, another special guest, and we're going to be smoking a selection from the uh, January My Monthly Cigars box. We're going to kind of uh get into what's in that box and we're gonna we're gonna smoke a selection from that while we speak with um well you know what just you want to make it a surprise i do only because we already had to put this interview off once already just in case just want to make sure that i'm not over promising and under delivering okay then so guys we should have a really really fun guest for friday so yes anyway yeah absolutely yeah you mentioned My Monthly Cigars. What is that? My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get a box of cigars sent to your door every month. Uh, they come in a variety of sizes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also have the El Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. It's two of everything that's in the Robusto box, so it's good to share and, and uh, you know, whatnot. And both of those boxes are covered by the MSRP guarantee, which states that the value of the cigars within the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. And make sure you use offer code PULPIT. P-U-L-P-I-T. That gets you free shipping on your first box, and it also gets you 20% off the items in Nick's online store, because he's got an online store with all sorts of fun cigars, accessories, and other fun stuff. Over there at MyMonthlyCigars.com. There you go. And Nick, as we finish up here, how do folks reach out to us on the socials? We're on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N E K K I D Gator. That's my page. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, CigarPulpit.com. And like I said, make sure you call us at the Ask the Boys hotline, area code 863-874-0000. And something else I'd like everybody to think about is talk to your local brick and mortar stores. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. Ask them. Please bring in the Martinez line with the uh, Bishop and Gator. Definitely. Because obviously we're hitting uh, brick and mortar stores probably this week. And we're probably going to be starting to uh, uh, formulate out the travel plans for 2021. So, you know, obviously stores that carry the Bishop and the Gator are going to get priority. Absolutely. Uh, But also... Give us ideas, and I know Nick's reached out on the socials about this, but give us ideas on people you'd like to hear us interview and talk to. Exactly. Yep. We'd love we, to have some like, guest we ideas. Like, we, like, we like guest ideas. So, anyway, Jeff. It's been another sermon. I will say. Um, I I think this interview with uh, Dave Garofalo has gone amazing. He, I hope everybody again, enjoyed it as well as we did. have been more gracious. I, I, I really want to thank him for his time. He gave... Way more time than I thought he was going to, I mean, you know. And it was engaging. You plan for maybe an hour, hour and a half, and then suddenly it's three. So I really want to thank him for his time and everything. So, well, Jeff, anything else? I'm good, brother. All right, man. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator, finishing up my 45 from Martinez Cigars. Stay safe and stay smoky.
won't lie, I'm a little ashamed of our Star Trek nerdism. Why? I don't know. Just we should own it. Kind of. We kinda could wear it like a badge, like a Star Trek badge. Lord, it's our insignia. <laughs>